Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take a spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got on the option? No, oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life in New, New York, York City. City. I am Connor McDowell. And I'm Dylan McDowell. Connor, how are you doing today? I'm great. It's, it's officially fall. Yes, it, whenever this comes out, today is the day of fall. First day of fall. Summer is goodbye. It is. It's time for, you know, pumpkin spice lattes, Taylor Swift's Red Album, um, flannels, you know, corn mazes and pumpkin patches. I hope we, gonna... we can do all those things this year. I have a feeling that the that they will be back and busier than ever because everyone's going to want to do it and it'll be like a socially distanced thing. So if you go, it'll take forever to like wait in line at these pumpkin patches. That's true. Anyway, I'm also thrilled because TV's Biggest Night happened this past week. That's the right. Emmy Awards aired and Dylan, they felt like a live awards show. I had so much fun. I loved watching them. Right? It didn't feel like the Zoom, like, oh, we're watching people Zooming. It really felt live. And I have a few, like, I think the performative nature of social distancing was, like, very, it was it was evident during it because you had, like, Jennifer Aniston there with Jimmy Kimmel, but then there was, you know, all these other celebrities. Jason Bateman was in the crowd and, like, Sterling K. Brown was there, but then there would be in other rooms that were filled with other people. So I was kind of like, okay, this is definitely not like a less than 10 people situation. And yes, they're like wearing masks at times, but I don't know. It was just kind of, it was interesting because I was like, oh, is the illusion gone? Like, obviously people aren't technically in quarantine anymore. So it's, it was kind of funny to see how close Jimmy and Jen were on stage. I was like, oh, is this happening this it was interesting real? we were talking about this too recently because the the british girl group little mix did a concert and the rehearsal footage showed the four of them all standing shoulder to shoulder but then it was the live performance they were all six feet apart from each other and it's like is this just for show on tv like i don't know it's interesting i know i think it partially is and it partially isn't and i'm kind of like annoyed with it but also like you know what, if people are watching it and they're seeing it and they don't, they don't know like the behind the curtain aspect of, ooh, yeah. kind of wicked reference there, but um, it's, it's good because then it just shows, you know what, people are still socially distant. They're still right. six feet apart. Um, but the Emmys were great. I am a huge Shit's Creek fan, so I was yes. thrilled to see them literally sweep the comedy awards. The most um, a show, like a show's never swept all seven, right? In one, in one night night yeah it was awesome and also it was their final season and season five was the first time they were even nominated for emmys so i think it's a really amazing um it's just amazing to see that a show that can be on for many many years isn't necessarily the fans haven't lost interest in it like you see things yeah. that come out the gate and they get nominated for awards their first se or second season like like Grey's anatomy for example like they were nominated and they were winning emmys their first three four years and then they're into like what is it their 17th season mm-hmm and they don't get nominated for anything anymore when I think, you know... They should still, because they're still turning out amazing storylines and performances. So, that's I know. interesting. I will say, I normally don't care for a sweep. I love when the love is spread around. But from what I understand, I've never watched Shit's Creek. Everyone ye yell at me, yell at me, I'll start soon. But it <laughs> seems like it was just overdue. And like it was, it's very deserving. 
the first. It was great. So. It was great. And also Zendaya won, Love which was her. awesome. I was a little upset Sandra O oh didn't win. She's never won an Emmy. Which is just sinful. That's drama. That's true drama. True drama. Yeah. I mean, she's been nominated for Killing Eve and for, obviously, for Grey's... She should have won for Grey's Anatomy at yes. some point. Speaking of Grey's Anatomy, um, Catherine Heigl won for Grey's Anatomy. Sandra Oh hasn't won. Come on. I know. That's, that's wrong. That's just stupid. But anyway, happy for Zendaya. I love Euphoria. So I was, was sad great. that Paul Meskel didn't win for um, Normal People. Oh, for the limited series actor? Yes. Who, who won again? I forget. Uh, Mark Ruffalo won. Oh, that's right. And Hugh Jackman was in there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the Mark Ruffalo thing. It was about twins, which is always like a point of contention for me because I'm like, well, it's not about us. So like, why should I watch it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Did he play the twins? Yeah. Very yeah. Lindsay Lohan. Very much so. Very Army Hammer in the social network. Yeah. Wow. You know what? They need to start. Their, their twin representation is low in Hollywood. I know. Okay, let's get into this show because I feel like we've been rambling. I know. We need to bring in our guest who I'm very excited about, and I'll just read the credits because everyone's going to be gagged. Ready, Connor? Okay. Our guest today is a stage and screen veteran, pop star, supermom, and mouseketeer. You'll surely recognize her serene voice as Pearl on Cartoon Network's Emmy-nominated animated series, Steven Universe, as well as on Disney's Doc McStuffins, HBO's Princess and the Pea, Honu by the Sea, and as well as for playing Jasmine on the Disney's Aladdin A Musical Spectacular soundtrack. Her career began on the Disney Channel as a member of the all-new Mickey Mouse Club. Yes, that club with Britney, Christina, JT, Ryan Gosling, and more. She went on to record four albums with the pop group The Party, just before going on to star on Broadway as Kim in Miss Saigon. She toured the nation in Wicked as Nessa Rose, covered Adina and Lashans in If Then, and starred in Mamma Mia and Next to Normal as well as many other things. She has appeared on screen in the truly iconic film, Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, Grey's Anatomy, which we just talked about, and so much more. She's often seen on stage playing opposite her handsome husband, Clifton Hall, and will be appearing in the upcoming Disney jazz-inspired Swingin' with the Mouse concert on October 4th, and she can also be heard on the album. Please welcome to drama, Dee Dee Magnohall. Wow, what an intro. <laughs> Your voice, it's so iconic. I'm so happy that you're here. Oh, thank you so much for having me, you guys. Absolutely. Now, Didi, I'm wondering, I have one question that I need to know. Are you, and as it says on my shirt here, are you well? Am I well? Yeah. I can't read your shirt. I don't know what your shirt says. <laughs> It says, it, it says that, that very question, are you well? Am I well? I am well. Thank you for asking. Thank God I am well. My family is well. Um, you know, we've just been doing everything that we can to stay, to stay safe and healthy um, and positive and hopeful. So, um, so, yes, thank you so much for asking. And you both look well, so that's lovely. You're so nice to us. What everyone needs to know is that Didi is the nicest person we've ever recorded with and (laughs) has been so sweet to us before we hit the record button. I wish we were secretly recording. Um, (laughs) She's been so nice. Um, As we mentioned in in your bio, you were in Wicked, which so we have this personal connection to you. We saw you as Nessa Rose in Wicked 
oh my gosh, we did the lottery here in Cleveland. It was probably 12 years ago. Um, oh my gosh, has it been that long? Because I think it was 2008. I know we were in eighth grade oh. at the time. Oh my goodness gracious. But listen, what the listeners wow. need to know is that you're ageless. Oh, oh, you don't know the, the, the time it took <laughs> to, before the preparation. No, I'm kidding. The filters. The, no. Seriously, you look just as young as you did then. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're very, very sweet. That was a long time ago. I didn't realize. But yeah, it had to have been because my oldest, was uh, just born. Um, he was four months old when we went on tour with Wicked. Uh, my husband actually was hired first uh, to join the ensemble and the and to understudy Fiero um, in the first national touring company. Okay. And so we had just had our son. We picked up and packed up our lives, and I went on tour as wife and mom. And then two-ish years later. Um, the role of Nessa Rose uh, came up. And at that time, my husband had been bumped up to play Fierro. Yes. And you probably saw him oh, as yeah. well because oh, yeah. we were on tour together. And then um, and then the, the role of Nessa Rose came on. Actually, the, the, the gal who was playing, um, uh, Jen Waldman, she, we were having a meal and she leaned over to me and she says, hey, listen, I'm going to be leaving. Do you want to maybe call your 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 agent and maybe audition, you know, go in for it or whatever? And I was like, oh, it hadn't even entered my mind mm. that I might audition. So I was I was mom. I was happy. I was content, and uh, and I just went for it. And my goodness, it what a what a roller coaster ride it was. But yeah, that was many moons ago. So my my. My, my son now is uh, 15 years old. So oh, you're wow. right. 12 years ago. Well, I remember him You because he was like very, very little and you might have had like a nanny or some help with you at that point because you were both obviously in the show. My baby sister went okay. on tour with us to help us with our son. Yeah, she was the, uh, my baby sister slash babysitter. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, that's so, so cute. She, yeah, we took her on the tour with us, and uh, and she had a blast. I hope, <laughs> but she helped. She helped us uh, with our son while mommy and daddy were on stage playing. That's so Sierra. cool. So that was a very special time. It was so cool. It was the hottest show. It really was. Do Nesros and Fierro ever interact on stage? Never. 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 We we never had any kind of lines together. There were some passing, you know, but uh, I mean, you know, Clifton, my husband Clifton would sometimes he would look over to me and, you know, when Fierro does his little flirty things going on, he, he flirts a little bit with Nessa Rose. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then we always, we, we uh, held hands at the curtain call. So that was our interaction. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I just remember you being an absolutely iconic nest. Like your Wicked Bitch of the East was so powerful every time. Like it, it, it was, you were just so passionate and we were in the lottery seat. So we got to be very close and just see it all. It was great. And it was also an amazing cast. Carmen Cusack was on the road at that point and yes. Katie Rose Clark, yes. um, Brad Weinstock yes. was in the show. It was great. Brad? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I miss those guys. I miss them all. I miss theater. I know. I know. I'm sad. <sighs> I know. Where Where were you, like, when the pandemic hit? Like, when was, what was going on for you guys? 
Well, it was, we, we, you know, my kids were in school and uh, we were, were living in California and we got, you know, we're watching things unfold on the news and we got a call from our school and they were saying that they were thinking about um, having the kids stay at home, not come to school. And I think the day before it actually shut down, um, we had felt that we wanted to just keep our kids at home. Anyway, so mm-hmm. we, we, we kept them home the day before the actual shutdown. And, um, and then, yeah, we were just, I think, at first, sort of just feeling surreal about the whole thing and, and maybe not thinking that it was as serious as, I mean, as it was. And then, um, you know, just doing the best that we can to try and, uh, uh, you know, support our kids' education at the same time. You know, the, the, everything was just, there were, everybody was trying to figure everything out. Um, and then, and try to stay positive. Of course, there were some ups and downs. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, emotional roller coaster rides and, uh, and then some having to, to sort of unplug and, and uh, disconnect with the, you know, the <laughs> interwebs mm-hmm. and, uh, and get outside when we can safely to get that vitamin D and exercise. Um, but, but yeah, six months later, here we are. And uh, nobody could have, nobody could have predicted this, you know? So, I mean, I think we're all just trying to do the best we can really. That's mm-hmm. all we can do. Um, and try to make uh, good choices every day, moment to moment. You know, it's, we just try try our best. Um, oh, I love the yeah. positivity. That's yeah. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, wait, so I'm curious because I know that you do a lot of voiceover work. Have you been able to do that from home, or is it always something where you go into a studio to to do? Well, uh, because of the pandemic, I was advised by my voiceover um, agency to bump up my um, home recording studio Mm -hmm. so that I could um, do recordings from home. I normally do my auditions at home in my closet and uh, (laughs) because, you know, it's just, it's perfect, you know, soundproof. And it's also the quietest place in my house because my kids are now going to school (sighs) at home. And so, you know, is, it's just trying to find a quiet place <laughs> to even talk imagine. with you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I have been able to uh, do some in-home recording, which has been really nice. And um, and then just recently, uh, studios are starting to open up and taking all of the safety precautions and, and that kind of thing. So so I'm grateful for that. But yeah, I had to sort of up, uh, step up my, my recording equipment. But that doesn't help the fact that I'm a little bit tech, non, non-tech savvy. So I need a lot of help there. In fact, I was having trouble walking on. So uh, thank God for my husband. He was here to help save uh, me here. I'm curious, how, how did you and your husband meet? Well, um, uh, years ago, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we both auditioned for Miss Saigon, and uh, he he was uh, he was growing up in Hawaii, and I was in uh, 
oh gosh, where was I? I was in Los Angeles. And we both um, auditioned in California. And I didn't know, but he says he remembers seeing me at the audition here in, in California. And then we both were um, were flown to New York for the for the actual um, uh, rehearsal period. After we we got hired, we were in New York and uh, at at eight ninety in oh, yes. uh, Lower Manhattan. And uh, um, gosh, this is nineteen ninety five okay. um, winter, and it was such. It was. I mean, I just remember the snow coming down. But yeah, that's how we met. We we um we were in Miss Saigon together. Wow. So uh, many many moons ago. A now, true we showman. Were friends first. Yeah, yes, but we were friends first. You know, we were buds first, and then we didn't start dating until later later on, um, like early two thousand. Oh wow. Then, yeah, but we kept in touch. You know, we were really good friends, and we have a lot of mutual friends because, thank- thankfully, you know, our, the theater world, you know, we're very close. We get very close. The theater families are so special. So we have a lot of friends, uh, mutual friends, which is so wonderful. Um, and then in 1990, well, gosh, yeah, 2000, we, we started dating. And then oh my gosh! In 2003, and <laughs> the rest is oh history. Oh my god! How cute! Say. That's how so cute. cute. It'll be 18 years married next year. Oh my gosh! Congrats! Thank that's, you. That's no small thing. Now, were you hired as Kim immediately in Miss Saigon? Did you replace Leia Salonga? No, actually, um, I my first audition for Miss Saigon. They they. Um, they had hired me or offered me uh, the understudy to an alternate. So one of the understudies for Kim for the Toronto company. And because of uh, family um, engagement, my my family had planned this trip to the Philippines for years. And when they hired me or when they offered me the role, it was conflicting with the dates that we would have our family trip. And so um, I talked at length with my family, and of course they were trying to. They, they were they were leaving it up to me, but they were also like, "We've been planning this." <laughs> for so long. And so I, um, and then my brother actually was the one who who said, "You have to do what you have to do, and you know, feel feel what it is in your heart to do." And I actually chose to go on the trip with my family, so I turned down wow. the initial um, offer. And then um, another, another audition happened uh, very, very shortly after for the, and that, and that company was already existing. It was already on its feet. They were having, okay. they were having me replace somebody who was leaving or b- getting bumped up. And so um, like a few months later, another audition happened and it was for the second national touring company of Miss Saigon. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I went in again for that one. And uh, then they hired me to play Kim. So, um, you know, my turning down the first one was sort of a blessing in disguise. So wow. I was able to, to originate the role of Kim in the second national touring company. I love Miss Saigon. I love Miss Saigon too. Wait a minute. You, which one did you see? <laughs> first time we saw it was a local community theater production in Cleveland. And it was, I know this term is thrown around and it's not necessarily politically correct, but it was a truly colorblind Miss Saigon production. I think, I think Chris was Asian. Mm -hmm. 
Kim was black. Like it was truly, it was different. And I was like, in my head, I remember thinking, I don't, this is a very specific story. I don't necessarily know if this is like the most appropriate casting that they could be doing, but the girl who played Kim was amazing. Um, But anyway, that was the first time. So I was obsessed with it. And I went and I got the cast recording from the library and I was like, oh my God, this is so good. And I burned it to my computer and then burnt my own CD. Um, Truly crazy. But anyway, then I had never, I had not seen it again at all until went and saw the the most recent Broadway revival um, with Eva Noblezada. And oh my God. Unbelievable. Yeah. What a beautiful, yes. I unfortunately didn't get a chance to see her live, but I did see the recorded version where they were playing it in theaters. How exciting. Um, My very good friend, uh, John John Briones. um, uh, We got, my husband and I got to do the show with him and his wife. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so we did the Asian tour with John John and Megan and uh and uh, you know their kids are also so talented. But uh, but yes, um I I mean I love Miss Saigon period. Um mm-hmm. but speaking on what you said about blind casting, my husband, you know, like I said he grew up in Hawaii mm-hmm. and theater he, growing up doing theater there, I mean it's yeah. all blind casting. Mm-hmm. Any, any and every show that they had that they do there, uh, they they just go with uh, the the pe- the person who is uh, best fits the role, and um and I I love it I love blind casting and one of the things that I do that I have um been involved with here in Los Angeles is East West Players who um, they they cast non traditional uh, for shows that. Um, I typically wouldn't, you know, have the opportunity to audition for. I think things are changing now. Mm-hmm. I think people are definitely, um, uh, you know, sort of um, color colorblind casting is happening. It's like a, it's really just um, telling the story. And if you're able to tell the story and move that audience, um, yeah. And, it and I think matter, to that point, you know? it's like when I saw that production of Miss Saigon, you know in Cleveland with the blind casting, I still felt the emotion of the story in that way. And I was just so, I mean, it's such a tragedy, the story, but mm. I, 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 and I think about that mm-hmm. sometimes because pe- when I, whenever I tell people I love it, they're like, Oh, but it's so sad. And they always think, but isn't Romeo and Juliet sad? Like there are these stories that move us in these ways. And I think what Miss Saigon says about that specific period of time as well um, you just, I, I don't, I've never seen it anywhere else. You know what I mean? It's really, it's moving. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's, a, it's definitely a, a show that has, um, is very special and dear to my heart. I mean, it is the show that I met my husband in, Yeah. but also, um, you know, I, I, I was singing these songs of, um, you know, giving my, I would give my life, I give my life for you um, about being, you know, trying to, trying to emote like being a mom and um if i were to sing those songs today it would be i think that i mean there would definitely be another level to it oh yeah i'm um, sure yes so so it's the the the, having my own tams (laughs) is uh it definitely changes the changes the stakes i wish that i could go back and and um and uh play that role again um but you know, it, well, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say it, it is as is, is supposed to be, but um, 
Yeah. But it was such a special, special show to me. And it will always have a special place. In I love heart. that. I love that. Oh. Um, okay, so yeah. there is something else I'm wondering. Speaking of going back in time a little bit, we like to ask our guests yeah. about their ring of keys moment as it pertains to a life in the theater, a life in the arts. You know, when you realized, oh my gosh, I want to be a part of that. Do you feel like you have a ring of keys moment? I feel like I have several ring of keys moments. Oh, I love that. I feel like my very first one, I think, was um, just me being at home growing up in San Diego and watching the television and seeing kids performing in, in, uh, in shows like Kids Incorporated. Um, I remember watching and just going, oh, that would be so fun. That would be so fun. And I grew up, my, my parents bought a, a singing machine, a, a karaoke machine. Oh, yes. Uh, so I grew up with the karaoke machine in my room. I like hoarded that thing and put it in my room. <laughs> so I would sing whatever music that I was into. And I and we always grew up with music in the house. My dad always had the, the soft and easy love song station on. So I grew up listening to everything from Barry Manilow to Michael Jackson, um, you know, Barbara Streisand, the Beatles, oh, sure. like everything. Whitney Houston. I loved Whitney Houston growing up. And Debbie Gibson and Tiffany, oh, like the all of the, anyway, all of those. So, not to mention, <laughs> but anyway, um, of course. So, so like I, I remember watching Kids Incorporating, going, well, I would love to do to do that. So I would love to 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 be able to sing and act and dance. And then fast forward to auditioning for the new Mickey Mouse Club yeah. and then getting to do that. And then also um, being a part of the party, the, the pop group, when I was on tour with the, uh, with the party in London, um, Fred Newman, who was on the Mickey Mouse Club, had introduced me to Miss Saigon um, months or years before I had gone on tour with the party. And so I've been listening to the soundtrack. And when I when we were on tour in London, I made it a point to go see oh. the show because I was, at that point I loved the soundtrack. I was I just was in love with Leia Songa's voice, and um, and the, and the music. And mm-hmm. so uh, this would have been my second Broadway show. Um, this was on the West End, obviously, but mm-hmm. um, my second show that I'd ever seen. My first one being The Phantom of the Opera, and I saw of that course. in California. And then, um, which I loved also. Oh, yeah. Then, so where I'm in the audience and I'm watching the show, which, by the way, I wish Leah was on, but her, um, her, uh, the alternate Kim was on. It was either an alternate Kim or an understudy who was wonderful also. Uh, but I was in the audience and I sat next to my mom and I just remember watching this person emote on stage and sing this very powerful ballad and um and i just remember saying to my mom i was like i want to i want to do that i want to i would love to play that role someday and i was 16 at the time and my mom of course is remembering all of the skimpy clothing and the love scenes and you know the, the, love scenes. <laughs> the, the dancing on the poles and you know uh-huh. and stuff. So she was like, oh, I think you needed to wait a couple of years, you know, before. And, and then cut to a couple of years later and auditioning for the show. And then, you know, getting to play this role that I had dreamt about for years before. So anytime, anytime I feel 
a little bit tired or a little bit, um, I don't want to say jaded because I don't think I ever want to let myself ever feel that way. But, you know, a moment where I'm just like, oh, I got to, you know, get up and do this or whatever. I try to really bring my back, bring myself back to that moment where I was sitting in the audience and watching that, that show and seeing that, um, that young woman on stage and just going, I want to do that someday because um, I can't help but think that while I'm on stage playing Nessa or playing Kim, that there's some other young person in the audience feeling the same way I did so many years ago. So I try to remember, I try to reel myself back in and go, this is why I'm doing this because I love it because it's my passion. It's because I can't imagine myself doing anything else. And, um, and it's what I love to do. And I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to forget how much I love what I do and what, and, and how grateful I am to be in a place where I'm able to, to do that. Wow. You're going to make me cry, Didi. That is, that's so powerful. And it's, it feels so prescient right now with just, you know, our industry is gone right now and it's thinking to like, at the end of the day, we still want to get back to that. And that's when you know that in your heart, like you still want to be a part of it and, and feel that feeling again. I I love that you practice gratitude like that. That's really, really important. I think, I think you, you tapped into something that's really powerful in that the idea of not letting yourself get jaded because I think once you, you know, as some, as people who we do live in New York and working in the theater industry, people are jaded. It, the, I, I wasn't prepared for how intense and how, I don't, I hate to use the word negative, but I think how like experienced and how people have let bad experiences kind of bog them down in many ways has a, affects a working environment. But I think people like you who, you know, tap into this version of yourself that rem- so you can remember why you're doing what you love and why that wants to keep you, you, you know, why it makes you want to keep going is so amazing. And I think even profound because I think that's what gives careers longevity, like the one that you have. And I think that's really amazing. I think everybody can learn something from that. Just remembering why you love it and how you might be impacting somebody who's experiencing it maybe for the first time. That's really awesome. Sorry, I'm rambling, but. Absolutely. Uh- no, no, I feel like I was rambling. Not at all. Um, but I always, I always try to, to remind people of that too, because when I, when I do, when I'm able to read some comments that people have made on my social media, um, they'll, they'll say, you've inspired me, or you were my, my inspiration when I was, you know, a kid growing up and, and, and seeing, you know, your face or seeing somebody that, that looked like me and, and, mm-hmm. and, and I just want to say to them that, you know, it, it's your turn. You're going to get out there, put yourself out there and inspire others. And then it, the, the, the cycle just keeps going, you know, the, the inspiration just keeps going. But, but that is absolutely something that I try to practice for myself. My, I try to teach our, my husband and I try to teach our kids to wake up with gratitude because, yes, there's so much going on. There's so much going on in the world that we can't control that we don't have control over but we do have control over how we respond to things Mm -hmm. and um and the choices that we make and so i want to um encourage them to choose to wake up with gratitude because there's still so much to be grateful for 
and uh, and we still have um, yeah so many blessings and mm-hmm. um, and so yeah there's definitely there's definitely ways to to, to look at um, everything and try to um, to be positive and stay hopeful. Mm-hmm. You know, you as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, it is no surprise to me that you have this connection to Disney. Because you you're, you you strike me as a real life Disney icon, like the positivity oh and the happiness that you emanate. And of course, as we mentioned, you've you've woven in and out through Disney experiences over the years. But we need to talk about the <laughs> Mickey Mouse Club, which, <laughs> which so you you would see these kids on TV as a kid. It was part of your Ring of Keys type experience, and then you end up in it with was it sort of like a rotating group of people? Because I know that like um, wasn't Carrie. Russell, in Russell yes, Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean these kids. Uh, there were there were so many kids on the show, and so um, I was part of the original uh, twelve. And then um, as we got a little bit older, they were bringing some new kids in. Okay. Five of us uh, original cast members um, were formed. Uh, we formed a, a pop crew called the Party. Right. First to you know sign under Hollywood Records, and so as we were going on tour and doing the the um, the the party, recording albums and things like that, they were bringing on some new kids as well. So the the club just kept growing and fluctuating. Some 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 kids um, remained from the very beginning, um, wow. like like Lindsay and Josh and Jennifer and I'm I, I know Chase came back, but. Um, so and then there were some kids that came in and and then and then moved on to other things like Carrie and and um, and Ryan, but uh, but yeah, Justin Timberlake and I know, Ricky Spears crazy. and Christina Aguilera and um, you know JC Chazé. I mean, like there. Oh yes. The list goes on. Raquel Herring was like the reigning Star Search star back in the day, and she was on the show. I mean. There's so much talent still. Uh, there's so many, so much, ta- so many talented kids on the show. Um, it's hard to to keep track. I mean, everybody's still doing their thing in in one way or another. And uh, and we just recently recorded a Christmas album, so that's oh fun. Out. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun. And we had our 30 year year anniversary a couple years ago. Uh, the Mickey Mouse Club celebrated in Disney Walt Disney World, which was so exciting. And we're um, we're coming back again to do some to some more things. Um, I think early next year, you know, oh God willing, all everything, all yes. safety first, yeah. of course, all of the things. But uh, but yeah, so Disney has been a very very big part of my life and my career, and I'm grateful. And then playing Jasmine at Disney California Adventure. Is that what led to Jasmine then, like doing Mickey Mouse Club and obviously the party? Actually, no, I was, we were moving, my husband and I, well, we were uh, engaged at the time, but we moved to California to try and focus on television and film. And then I booked, uh, I booked Jasmine, uh, a theater gig mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> at, at Disneyland, um, which was so fun. I mean, it was really fun putting on that Jasmine costume and, performing in front of all the children and it was is really really a, a highlight to them you're oh. jasmine that you know they see they see the movie and then they come in and they're like no that's her you know they the the magic of disney as a kid is <laughs> truly um it's not like anything else you know it's crazy yeah i i love it There's, i love that 
um, that feeling that you get when you walk into Disneyland or Disney World and just feeling that magic of it's just such, a, such a magical place, you know, I mean, it's like fairy tale land and mm-hmm. everything, all of your problems, you know, you, that's why whenever we see kids crying, we're like, no, there's no crying in Disneyland. <laughs> it's the happiest place on earth. That's anyway, so that's true. Really my kids. <laughs> right. I found these, like I've recently gotten very into Disney world TikToks. I don't know if you, if you've watched TikTok or anything like that, this, new fandangled app out there and there's these like <laughs> disney like these true disney super fans who will post these videos of like things you wouldn't see from disney but you can see it on google maps of like the way it's all laid out and like secrets and like behind the scenes fun facts it is a true institution and thought is put into everything that is done in these parks like it's it's really remarkable yes yeah, so you know, I was thinking about that, how you were saying that, like, Disney as kids, like, you're all still doing work to this day. And that model is certainly still there. I mean, Connor mentioned Zendaya earlier in the episode on who won an Emmy for Euphoria. She was a Disney kid. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's so interesting. I, it'll just keep going. It's just, it's it's all, they have this way of finding the right talent and grooming it. And how cool that we all get to watch that happen, too. It is it's really neat to be part of that Disney family. Yeah. But I know that there are so many people that are so talented who are not being seen. Um and how do you do that? I mean now with the with the YouTube and the TikTok, you know, people mm-hmm. are people are, are are getting seen. So Yeah. These are amazing things, you know, technology is such a, yeah. such an amazing thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I need to ask, you're also a part of Steven Universe, which is this super popular Cartoon Network show. Oh my gosh. I mean, and then there was a Steven Universe movie as well, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And Steven Universe Future after that. Yes. And you've won like a bunch of awards too for your role. I, I was looking oh, that up. Oh, the voice acting um, yeah. awards. I didn't even know that existed. I know. <laughs> that was, that, that's pretty cool. That, is, that was such um, a fun project to be on. And uh, I'm so grateful that Rebecca Sugar created this show, um, this show all about love for all. It's really just a beautiful show. I mean, visually it's beautiful. And the, the writing is really um, smart and fun, and, and the music is amazing. Um, the, the voice talent, I, I, it just, it's, it's been such a blast. And I'm sad that, that the show ended. But, I know. Um, but, you know, it lives on, on the interwebs. I guess it's, it's all on HBO Max, I think. Yes, HBO Max, Cartoon Network app. I think it's on Hulu. I think some of it's on Hulu. Um, yeah, so it's out there. It's That's out so there. cool. And, you know, it's um, we had Sarah Stiles on uh, last love, month. <laughs> she was so Sarah. fun. And I wondered, too, how often do you get to interact with the other voice actors who are participating in shows? Yeah, I didn't get to meet Sarah until um, we did New York City Comic Con um, two wow. years ago. I think it was two years ago. So that was the first time that I had met Sarah. And she had come into Los Angeles because she was working on, she's a superstar. She's done lots of television and oh, film yeah. as well. But like, um, she was out here and she did most of her scenes with Zach Callison, who plays uh, Steven. 
So um, I, I didn't have any interaction with her um, in the booth. Um, and uh, so I only got to see her work when I was watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then eventually meet her uh, in, uh, in New York for the, for the Comic-Con, which I'm hoping comes back. Uh, that's a but, whole, uh, that's a whole con um, communities and the fandom around that is so fascinating to me. It is, it is. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wish that I had, uh, I, you know, I was voicing, I'm voicing Pearl and I'm doing some backup vocals for Patty Lavone. You've also been able to do like in-person performances too. I mean, we mentioned Grey's Anatomy and you were in the, what was ultimately the finale of this past season, right? Yes, I know, it's so crazy. Um, it was right before the the shutdown. Mm-hmm. I was um, auditioning early this year, and uh, and then I booked this little this little bit part. It wasn't a, a huge role, but it was so exciting to be on set again after so many years, and uh, and then be on this iconic show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even just to play a small little role in it. But it was so fun. And, uh, but yeah, it was part of the season finale. In a very heartwarming moment, too, on Grey's. I mean, it was like one of those fun uh, moments as well. Um, gosh, we love Grey's so much. We do. We still <laughs> oh. watch. Still watch. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> um, okay, and then one more question about one of your credits, because then, then we'll let you go and wrap up and everything. But you were in Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. Back in the habit, back in the day. Oh my goodness! Yes, that movie has so so, so it aged like a fine wine. I mean, it is part of the canon. <laughs> it is so. It great. is. <laughs> if you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you better wake better up and wake pay attention. Up and pay attention. That's right. Yes. Oh my gosh, live vocals. We love live vocals on here. <laughs> <laughs> it's rare, but when it happens, it just magic. <laughs> oh my god. What an iconic movie. I mean, Whoopi, Lauren Hill. I mean, crazy. Jennifer Love Hewitt was on there, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. No. Cheryl Lee Ralph. Yes. Shirley. Um, Kathy and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's so many. There's so many. Such a, such a, and then um, David Cater, who is also a Mouseketeer, was in the show as well, in the movie as well. Oh, I didn't realize oh my that. God. And Whippy's daughter was in the show, in the movie. You've done so much, and there's so many different people who've come in and out of your life. It's, it's amazing to me, also earlier when you were talking about your Miss Saigon story, how you remembered the exact sequence of events. I was like, wow, like this is, it's been so long, and you still remember it all. That's so cool. <laughs> well, that I will never forget. I mean, just sitting in the audience, is that what you're talking about? Um, like the auditions of like oh, the what company and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, originally <laughs> when I auditioned, um, it was for Sunset Boulevard. And I walked oh. in. Yes, I walked into a Sunset Boulevard audition. My agent had told me to go in. It was a, it was one of those cattle calls. Do you know what the I do what a cattle mm-hmm. call is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I was waiting. I had to get, take a number and wait. And, and then after a while, because I, I, I walked in and there were just these tall, voluptuous, blonde, blue-eyed <laughs> women. And I was like, I think I'm in the wrong place. And so I called my, I called my agent and I said, I, I, don't know that I, I don't know that I'm right for the, whatever the role is because I don't look anybody, I don't look like anybody here. 
And she says, well, these are the same casting directors for Miss Saigon. So I think you need to just wait it out and see what happens. And sure enough, I went in and I got a call back, but it was for Miss Saigon and not for Sunset. You just never know who's watching and what they're looking for. And they could be just putting you in a little Rolodex. Do people even use Rolodexes? Nowadays, they don't. They don't, but I mentioned a Rolodex on our most recent, like, two podcasts we recorded ago, and I have never gotten more feedback on anything ever in my life. Everyone was like, oh my God, a Rolodex, Rolodex, Rolodex. I mean, what I referred to, like, a crush Rolodex of, like, having a crush who works at the pharmacy, <laughs> who's at the gym, who's at, you know, work. And so, I, I don't know, but I guess well, to that point, go. people still know what they there are. There you go. Yeah, people my age were like, oh my God, like Rolodex, Rolodex. And I, I guess I knew what one was too. So, but they're, I don't think they're used anymore though. They're just okay. part of the, uh, the zeitgeist. But you knew what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> yes. A Rolodex yeah, yeah. and a cattle call, we got you. Um, okay, so we are sadly wrapping up, but we like to end on what we call a dose of drama, where we like to express maybe something dramatic that's on our minds, whether it be a piece of content we've been consuming, anything going on in the world, in pop culture. Um, I used to, in this little intro, I used to say, maybe a show you just saw, like a musical you just saw, but I don't think any of us have seen musicals <laughs> in, a long, in a long time. But anyway, I'll kick it off with a dose of drama. And this is, this is drama. This is controversial. I don't want to throw anyone off here. Over the weekend, the internet became obsessed with something. Catherine McPhee, it became revealed that she's a Republican and makes donations. And all I have to say is this, Catherine McPhee never has not, has yet to speak out about it. But I'll also say it's been very obvious that she doesn't actually run her own social media anyway. So it's this weird thing where everyone's like ganging up on Catherine McPhee and, you know, I mean, she is still donating. I believe it's to Trump specifically. Mm-hmm. Is it Trump specifically? And I mean, everybody has their own prerogative, but the reason I think it's it's interesting and upsetting is because her her Twitter itself is like a gay meme account, honestly. I mean, it is like, it's like everyone always jokes that she has gay interns running her <laughs> Twitter and stuff. And I, I mean, it's hilarious, but now it's she's she's gone silent because obviously Trump doesn't do anything to support gay people. So I don't know, it's drama. I'm interested to see maybe at the time of release if she'll have spoken out at all. But I think all that being said, she, do- she doesn't run her own social media. So it'll be one of those weird jarring disconnects where it has been her account, but hasn't been her voice. And now we're expecting to hear from her voice. And I don't really know the last time we did hear from yeah. it on social media. So just a very interesting, controversial, dramatic moment. Um, yeah. Catherine McPhee, part of the yeah. Broadway community. And because of Smash. Maybe, <laughs> oh my yeah. God, I love Smash. Uh, anyway, Dylan. <laughs> oh yes, we love it. Will Chase actually was one of my Chris's. Oh my goodness. <gasps> yes. He would have been great as Chris. He was very, very, very good. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. He's so amazing in everything yes. he does. He was on Nashville for I so know. long too. And then um, recently um, my kids got us into St- Stranger Things. And we saw him on yes. Stranger Things, and we were like, hey, we know that guy. Yeah, he's all over the But he's place. not a very nice guy <laughs> no, on there. No, no, no. <laughs> Sadly. That was hard to watch. I was like, wait, he's so amazing. I, he's a great actor because <laughs> I'm afraid of him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was convincing. I wonder if Stranger Things has started filming 
their next season yet because I know they started to and then the pandemic hit and those kids are going to grow up quickly. They already I was thinking that too, because now we're waiting for this next season. But uh, it'll be interesting to see the changes, the children. I know. The changes. Oh my God, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. God, they're they're so talented. Oh my God. Um, Dylan or Didi, dose of drama. I mean, I know mine was hard hitting journalism. (laughs) I'll go next if you don't mind. Okay, go ahead. It's it's a lighter note. It's just I I am in hot pursuit to rescue a dog for my family as I'm quarantining here in Cleveland. I we don't have a dog in the house anymore. We our our dog passed away the week that Connor and I got back back in March. So it's been six months now, and it's time for a a dog in the house. We're 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 very adopt don't shop in this house. So, but there's actually something going on right now that's like a um they're calling it like a dog dry situation where um, kennels, shelters, all the animals are getting adopted and swept up because everyone's at home and wants pets. So there's like a a low number of animals out there to rescue. And it's been a heartbreaking experience because I'll fall in love with one and then you have to do a whole application process and then someone else is already in line and it's it's ridiculous. I can only imagine what it's going to be like for me to to adopt a child or have a child one day, if it's this complicated to get a dog from a <laughs> rescue shelter, I think it'll be a lot. It'll be a lot more complicated, but yeah. Um, no, but I, I, I think that's a good thing though that that they are getting adopted, mm-hmm. and I do. I found that yes. a lot of my friends have have adopted um, uh, animals or or, um, or just pets in general. Um, I know one of my best friends, they, they just recently got a hamster for their kids. And then, of course, my, oh, kids, my kids are like, I want a dog and, or I want a cat. Um, and uh, I'm allergic. I'm allergic, unfortunately. Oh. But I know that there are some uh, pet, uh, pets that we can, we can have. Um, That's true. And you would, you would have to, yeah. to um, shop for those, but I think that those dogs need good homes yeah, too. So. Yeah. Or I could get a fish. <laughs> like a Labradoodle. a Labradoodle. Yes. Yorkie, right? A Yorkie. <laughs> or a fish. Mm-hmm. Oh, love a Yorkie. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, well, I have puppy fever. Well, it's crazy. I wish okay. you all the best <laughs> on your, your adoption, you know. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> my drama. I I think the only real drama in my life at this moment is the homeschooling, the challenge of the homeschooling. Um, oh, I can't imagine. Yeah, it just is. Um, it's been it's been kind of a challenge in the house. I mean, the kids are our, our kids are being champions about it. I mean, they of course they have their moments where they are just gonna. Everybody wants to pull their hair out. Um, but Mm -hmm. you know, like I said before, all we can do is do our best and then, you know, we just have to, uh, wait it out and see what's going to happen. Um, so you have a fresh, is he a freshman in high school or a sophomore? He's a sophomore now. Uh, so I have a a nine year old and a 15 year old. And so, um, you know, my 15 year old is, he's able to do his work independently and but my nine my nine year my fourth grader I'm like I could never play that game are you smarter than a fourth grader because I'm not (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm like relearning everything you know and but uh but I just you know I've always had so much love and respect for our teachers and everybody at the Mm -hmm. schools but I'm like and right now is like 
I just, God bless them, love, love the teachers, and we miss them so much, and we miss the brick-and-mortar schools. I think also mainly because the kids, I want them to have some social interactive, uh, you know, interaction. So so the Zooms are helpful, you know, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's nothing like, you know, meeting your friends at the park or at the playground. I know. So I'm, I'm um, you know. Hoping that that comes Aww. very soon, but television-wise, so um, you know, like I said, we were getting into the Stranger Things, and then we yes. recently, well, not too long ago, went to a drive-in movie because you know, oh, they're fun. so fun, and they're safe. You're in your car. The cars are social distancing, but then they're they're playing the older movies. So we went and we watched The Karate Kid. You know, the very first one. Ugh. My kids loved, oh, classic, classic. right? The, the kids, my kids loved it. So then now, fast forward to now after my little guy goes to sleep, our oldest, we, me and my husband like to watch the Cobra Kai together. So that's always fun. Oh. We're doing, oh. <laughs> we went, you know, old school and then fast forward to, I know Cobra Kai's like already been out for a few years, but we're playing a couple playing years, yeah. Up. I don't watch a whole lot of TV, so I need to really catch up on, you know, I'm always, I'm always this looking for- This has been a good time for that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's our thing. We're trying to just fill our time with, um, with, mm-hmm. with good family, sitting down at the table, family meals. Um, even though we were doing that prior to the, the shutdown, we're, um, we're just so more, more I, I should speak for myself. I am more appreciative of this family time. And then um, yeah. we just took a hike, you know, the other day and, um, you know, as a family. And again, I, I, I hope that people are taking care of themselves, you know, taking care of their mm-hmm. mental health as well and, um, and trying to fill their minds with positive things, that, you know, just... Uh, um, it's so important to to not get too um, um, caught up in the in in all of the yes. the negative things out there. I hope that people stay spread love and spread kindness. That's that's my so hope. important too. That's my hope. Oh, that's beautiful. You certainly do. And speaking of what people can tune in to view and a little bit of fun and Disney magic, you are part of the Swinging with the Mouse um, virtual concert that's happening. And it's all the Disney classics that you know and love, but with like a jazz twist, right? Yes. Um, I uh, partnered with... uh, Pablo, who, um, who is, he asked me, uh, well, we actually did a show together. My very last uh, show that I was, um, that I did the early this year, my very first solo show. And the last time that I was on stage in front of an audience, this was January, the end of January, Pablo wow. was part of that. He, um, he uh, was, uh, helped me pr- produce this show at Rockwell um, in Los Angeles. And uh, and then he invited me to sing on Swing with a Mouse. Um, Mother knows best. I'm singing. Mother knows best from yes. Tangled, and it's got a jazzy feel to it. He originally sent me, you know, his version. He was singing with the band, and I told him I couldn't stop dancing to this song. Um, you know, it's very jazzy, and but you know, it's that oh, yeah. it's that mother knows best song. It was such a fun song to do, and then also I was grateful that I was I was able to get on stage again 
I mean, it wasn't front of in front of an audience, obviously, um, uh, which I miss. But uh, it was neat to be back in a space uh, like that. And I really am just hoping that we can can make everything all happen and and for the good and uh, and get back get oh, back yeah. to the theater. I know. Well, yes. your rendition of Mother's Knows Best is so good. Oh, it's it's. I found it on Spotify, but I know that it's available pretty much wherever you can find music. I mean, it's yeah. great. And there's lots of other stars who lend their talent to this yes. as well. I mean, um, Garrett yes, Clayton's Garrett on Clayton, there. Keith yeah. David, Emma Hunton, uh, Court, Courtney mm. Reed, Frankie Rodriguez. Oh. Um, oh, well, these are people that are also going to be on the, the live uh, the Swinging okay. with the Mouse um, for your consideration. Uh, and then to watch that, there's all oh, Jennifer Stones also, Janiyah, uh Mahalani Jones, oh. and then um, ML Woolley, Michael Leon Woolley is also going to be uh, making a pair. Oh, wow. But, um, but yeah, if they can get on the website link, swinginmusic.com forward slash FYC, and that's October mm-hmm. 4th at 5 p.m., Pacific Standard Time. So uh, I hope I, that's, that's the info. Amazing. It's pretty exciting. Oh yeah. For your consideration. And we'll put all the, we'll put all the info for the Grammys in here too, but I know how cool would that be to be Grammy nominated in that way. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. So amazing. But it's really fun. It was a really fun thing to be a part of. And, uh, and Disney, who doesn't love Disney? (laughs) <laughs> I know. Well, it just, it's always going to be a part of it. It's a thread throughout your life that is just so cool. And it's, it's probably such a treat too, for a lot of people who are longtime Disney and Mickey Mouse Club fans to be like, Oh, I remember her. And I know her. And that's so fun. Yeah. Well, Didi, this has been such a treat. Connor and I have been fans for so long, as we've said, and you are so kind oh. and talented and we appreciate everything that you've given us today, but also throughout your amazing career. Oh, well, thank you so much, Dylan and Connor, for having me here. I appreciate you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. We absolutely will. Thank you. And everyone should follow you. Yeah, follow Didi at Didi Magno yes. Hall on Twitter and Instagram. And follow us at The Drama Podcast and individually at Connor McDowell and Dylan at Dylan McDowell. This was so fun. Didi, you're you are the loveliest person. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. You are lovely as well. You take care of each other. Thank you. We Love will. You guys. We All will. right, Connor. I guess I'll see you next time. Drama. Drama.